Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to episode 19 of the No Look Pass podcast presented to you by WRSPN.com. We want to thank you for tuning in. You can be listening to anything in the world, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. I'm your host, Frank Santos, a.k.a. my mom's favorite son that watches Lifetime Grace Anatomy Marathons every day that they're on. Go judge your mother. I have my co-host with me, Andy Flint. Flimo, what's good? Hey, man, Biggie said relax and take notes. You did. Ten Crack Commandments. It's not that song, but... Uh, I just want to shout out Tank Rack Command, so I'm going to listen to it like every day. Uh, we are going to get into our show. We have a special show. We're not going to quite uh, do what we usually do because, obviously, there hasn't been that much NBA, actual NBA action aside from All-Star Weekend. So what we're going to do now is we're going to quickly recap All-Star Weekend, tell you our thoughts, but mostly we want to get into our trade deadline extravaganza. The trade deadline is one of our favorite times of the basketball year. Andy Flint and I love the trade machine. We love everything that goes on. We listen to all the rumors. I want to give you some thoughts, kind of play some few games, you know, talk about some teams that might make a move, some players that really need to be moved, etc. But as we were always going to start our show, we were going to start with the first pass in any fast break, which is the outlet pass. And All-Star Weekend is in the books, and it certainly had its highlights, maybe the best All-Star Saturday, I would say, in a very long time, maybe the last 10, 15 years, for sure. So let's hear some takeaways from the weekend as a whole. Andy Flynn, what was just a general takeaway from All-Star Weekend? What was your favorite thing, anything you particularly enjoyed? The only thing I remember happening was uh, Aaron Gordon got robbed. Yeah, your boy Gordon. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. No, it, 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 it was, it was a great dunk contest. It, it was it a, great, was. It was a great dunk contest. And I, I, it's, it's, almost, it's hard to fault the judges in a sense, because I feel like Levine was doing dunks that were definitely worthy of, you know, the highest praise. But I almost felt like since Gordon had went first on a few of those, and it was almost like you can't top that dunk. So somebody had to, you know, it was a cue for Shaq, actually, to give a nine, and then he he only decided to do it to Gordon the one time. But it was a great dunk contest. It was a great three-point contest. Uh, even the skills challenge had me, you know, glued to the screen for a minute when you got seven-footers out there trying to win the thing and actually winning the thing. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I had a good time. I thought it was the, the, the all-star game itself kind of stunk, but I, I liked uh, the Saturday night lineup. Yeah, you didn't you didn't like the West almost putting up 200 points? I mean, the East almost put up 200 points. Jeez, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, so the dunk contest for me, um, it was it was great, obviously. But the only thing that disappointed me in the dunk contest is I fully believed that Levine can dunk from behind the free throw line, and he kept getting like one step in because I think he was afraid to actually try to dunk it from. But he has he gets so much height that he dunks from there so easily that I feel like if he was another step back, he could definitely dunk from the free throw line, which nobody has done. I mean, the Jordan dunk that everybody talks about is is sort of where Levine took off from. You know, in his in his dunks, it's sort of like a half a foot in into the three point line. But I think Levine can definitely dunk like at the free throw line. So my four favorite things, really quick from the from the All Star Weekend, was the dunk contest showdown, Clay beating Steph, which was something I was looking forward to beforehand, like we had discussed last week. And then my two my two commentator things, and this is just a general thing, not from All Star Weekend, but they do it all the time. I like when Chris Webber tells us players' inner thoughts based on their like facial facial expression. Like, Chris Webber would be like, yeah, he's looking at him right now. Like, I can take you, young fella. And I was just, like, laughing hysterically. And then uh, I like when Kenny Smith just tells us to go home repeatedly. Like, every dunk contest, Kenny, Kenny Smith just tells us to just pick up and go home. But he does it, like, six times. So, I don't know if we're supposed to go home the first time, if we're supposed to go home the sixth time. But I love those guys at TNT. They, they crack me up. 
You know, the thing I tell you, I, I think the thing I liked the most was during both the three-point contest and the dunk contest, the players that weren't competing in the contest were super hyped and amped and into it. And that's what All-Star Weekend's about. I mean, the the thing to me, one of the biggest things I always remember from All-Star Weekend is uh, Vince Carter just lighting the place up in 2000. And the guys like Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett, I mean, you're talking future Hall of Fame players, and they're just, like, enamored by what Vince was doing. And I thought I saw the same thing from uh, Levine and Gordon in the dunk contest. And then again with the, Sp- the Splash Brothers and the young Devin Booker in the three-point uh, competition. It was great. It was great to see. I, I like to see these uh, NBA players just, you know, get overwhelmed and-, and lose it a little bit like a bunch of little kids on the playground. Yeah, it's cool, like especially with Levine where Levine, who knows, he may- he's a young guy, so he might turn out to be a good player or even like a playoff, you know, a player on a playoff team for the Timberwolves. But right now he's like, this is his thing. Like dunk contest is his thing, and it's cool to see superstars like being envious of this guy who doesn't really have anything that they have, but he has this ability to just light up the room with these dunks. And the the Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, like facial expressions after every dunk was, was definitely another highlight that I should mention. But we are going to move on to our favorite, our favorite time of the year, trade deadline. Uh, we, I got a few categories for you. Uh, I want to know your thoughts basically on everything trade deadline. We're going to get into some rumors. We're just going to get into everything trade deadline related. So the first thing I want to know is who do you think tomorrow, because you and I were both talking before the show, that we feel like it might end up being a quiet deadline. But who do you think is most likely to make a move? I think, and I'm probably going to be dead wrong because I say it and because it sounds like it. And it's not even because it sounds like they, they're going to make a move. Is, this isn't even the reason I'm saying this. The reason I'm saying this is because they're an utter mess, the Houston Rockets. They've got to do something, so I, I think they will, whether it's Dwight Howard or not. I think the Dwight Howard stuff might be a stretch. He's kind of a tricky piece to move, I think, at this point, but definitely something like a Ty Lawson or something. They have a couple of players in there that, that could you know draw in somebody, but they, they've got to do something. Something's wrong in that locker room, that organization. I, I just don't know. Yeah, I like the, the – this is one of my favorite rumors of all time, that Dwight Howard and James Harden tried to get each other traded. So normally you have a superstar guy that's just like the alpha dog, and if he wants people to move, like you're LeBron James. Like LeBron James, as we all know, is the GM of the Cavaliers. But I like that they both were like trying to con each other. So that that was that was a good thing. But my team is the Boston Celtics. I know, I know, I I keep coming back to the Celtics, but with all the major rumors going around and the general layout of their team, I don't see them staying pat. I just think a major move is the correct way to go. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked to see them even do a smaller move for a fringe piece if. You know, their Kevin Love thing doesn't work out. There's a lot of rumors about Kevin Love to, to Boston in some capacity. Uh, you know, obviously Blake Griffin is, is on the table, but I can definitely see them getting a, maybe like a Al Horford. Uh, I think Al Horford is, is, a, is a good fallback option, even though Al Horford's a great player, so I don't know if it's much of a fallback option. But I believe Horford is in the last year of his deal, so that might, you, you know, it, it kind of makes it so they don't have to give up all, all their pieces. You know, somebody like that, you know, like a second-tier player, not maybe a superstar, but a, a very good player that could help them in the playoffs. So I definitely see them making a move. Um, so we have teams that we think are going to make a move, and but who do you think is the team that needs to make a move? Like, if they don't make a move, what the hell is wrong with them? Well, I think that's the Boston Celtics. That's who I had here. And uh, just to talk about your superstar comment about the Celtics, Jay Crowder believes that they, that's them as a team, are a superstar. 
So I think they have it covered. But, no, I think it's Boston. I think it's a no-brainer because they have all these picks. They have all these crazy pieces. If you just look at their roster with some of these guys like Sully and Olenek and all these guys. So they need to do something. And, again, I don't know if it will be major or maybe a couple of minor deals, um, you know, maybe get a guy like Avery Bradley out of there. They, they have to do something. I think it's it's obvious oh, that no. Isaiah Thomas is their guy, but they, they've got to make some sort of a move. I think Avery Bradley's the most untouchable player on that team. But uh, yeah, I I agree, you know, with, with your Celtic point, and I think obviously I, I agree because, you know, that's that's basically what I said. But I think my team that needs to make a move is the New Orleans Pelicans. I think it's time to just sell, sell, like fire sale, clear and sale, everybody but, but the brow. Ryan Anderson, who may be an answer to one of our future questions about maybe a player that needs a change of scenery. He's not my answer, but I have a feeling he might be your answer. Uh, he has high value with the emergence of the stretch four, so it, it's kind of really time to just tank it up. You know, if you can get Ben Simmons, they're close enough. You know what I mean? They're close enough to just tank the second half of the season. We all know we all know that Anthony Davis has an injury that you could just make him go out with because he gets injured like every third quarter he's on the court in some way. <laughs> so, you know, you sell all your players. Tyreek's already out for the season. You trade Ryan Anderson. You keep Drew Holiday on his minutes limit, whatever the hell he's doing. And then, you know, uh, Anthony Davis just pulled a hamstring or something like that, and he misses the last 20 games. And then you that team get is unfortunate. And you, and you rebuild. How do they have so many injured players? Always. I because they they banked on a bunch of guys with injury concerns. I mean, if you look at their team, it's like Eric Gordon. What's his thing? He's always injured. Tyreek Evans thing. He's always injured. What's Drew Holiday? I mean, Drew Holiday had one good season, but overall he's an injury concern. So when you just bank on these guys, it's going to happen. So uh, that yeah, I definitely think the New Orleans Pelicans need to make a move and they need to sell and they need to tank. They're a team that it makes sense for them to tank. So we're going to drift a little bit differently into we were naming a couple of teams that we think need to make a move. Who's a player that needs to be moved? Who needs, who really needs a chain of change of scenery? Uh, another stretch forward, not named Ryan Anderson. This one has a much poorer attitude and a much, much, much <laughs> closer bond with another NBA player. I think it's, it's time for Marquis Forrest, and I thought I might have taken your answer. Maybe the Pistons should just try to bring him along. Yeah, I mean, there's an obvious Pistons trade here, except, uh, you know, that they just traded for Tobias Harris. So, obviously, that's sort of in the same mold. I don't know if you really want Marquise Morris and Tobias Harris on the same team. But my answer was also Marquise Morris. I mean, I don't think we really need an explanation. It's time to get that joint bank account back, King. I mean, what else do you want? Um <laughs> So the last official category we have, and then we're just going to kind of freestyle a little bit, is who's a player that needs – or I'm sorry, what's your favorite trade rumor? Which one is your favorite trade rumor that you've heard? Um, I, I think anything involving, like, something to do with Carmelo Anthony and Blake Griffin, and I've seen a lot of them, and not, not necessarily ones you want to take seriously, but, you know, some that – because we talked earlier about things that do work in the trade machine. You mentioned the Joe Johnson for the entire Sixers roster, uh, things like that. I'll tell you a funny one that I saw, and I've seen a couple of different variations, but it's, it's kind of one that you might even actually have some minor interest in with your Boston Celtics infatuation. But this one was like a uh, – it was like Blake Griffin and Lance Stevenson who, by the way, can't be touched at this point because he's coming to Orlando for about 30 seconds to then be waived, maybe. Uh, but this was Blake Griffin and Lance Stevenson, chosen one, heading to Boston. 
while okay. the Clippers got Carmelo Anthony and Aaron Aflalo, and then the Knicks just got, like, a gang of players and a couple of first-rounders. And it was wild. It was like a – I think it was like a David Lee, Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, Sullinger, and, and there was picks involved and stuff in there. And it was it was a mess. But these, these things make me laugh because it's like you're not likely to see a trade involving – you know, a Carmelo Anthony and a Blake Griffin at the deadline. But people are running with these things. And, and I even see some of these crazy sites that want to make a name for themselves trying to call out some of these trades that they have these mysterious air quote, uh, you know, sources about. You know, <laughs> Frank Gizola guys Shout like that, you. you know. Gizola in the making. Yeah, it's, it's some of the stuff is just nuts. Oh, yeah. my God, it's crazy. But, yeah, I think that one, the one where I saw a bunch of moving pieces and it involved, you know, you're talking three of the – the larger markets in the league, Boston, New York, and L.A., uh, smaller L.A., obviously, not the, not the Lakers. But, you know, all these pieces moving, you're talking to, you know, superstar players, and it was, it was quite crazy. Yeah, I definitely don't see any sort of blockbuster trade like that happening, especially just out of, not out of the blue, but it, it's sort of hard for those things to come up last minute in this sense because, I mean, that's a big decision for a lot of teams to sort of pull the trigger on in, in a very short period of time without it being like last week it was sort of, okay, all the details are kind of hammered out. They're just working on the closing details kind of thing. So I think 24 hours before, I don't I don't quite see all of that coming to fruition in such a short period of time. But my favorite trade rumor by far, it has to be the Dwight Howard to Miami for Hassan Whiteside inner working of a trade. Because anytime you get a good old fashioned like head case for head case kind of swap going on where you're just like, I don't know why Miami would want Dwight Howard and I don't know why Houston would want Hassan Whiteside, but I'm fascinated to see how it works out. Because if you're James Harden, right, and you're you don't get along with Dwight Howard, what do you think is going to happen with Hassan Whiteside coming to town? And in return, if you're Miami and you got like a bunch of old slow dudes, like what do you think is gonna happen when Dwight Howard comes? I just I don't get this trade at all. No, it's weird. And I think oftentimes when your trade is centered around, you know, when each team each team is giving up a player and the main player they're giving up plays the same position as the other team's main player, usually those don't happen. You know what I mean? You don't generally see, like, the point guard for point guard swap. You might see right. – you know, uh, you know, a small forward and a point guard are the focal points of the trade, and then the other team will get back some sort of a poor man's point guard or something to that. I just don't, I don't see a, and I don't know why Miami would want to do something like that. I feel like they're just kind of getting a, a similar player, a defensive minded rim protecting type player who's just several years older, um, and, right. and costs a ton more money. I mean, I, it's it's weird, and it is goofy, but it is. It, these are the fun ones. I mean, these off-the-wall ones where you see somebody tweet them, and then they post, you know, who says no? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like Dirk Nowitzki for a pack of Skittles or something. Who says no? It's just one of those weird things. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to move on, and what I want to do actually is sort of freestyle a little bit. I'm going to name you some players and I want to tell you if you if you were that team, would you would you make a move? Would you move them? Obviously, it's got to be for the right deal. I understand that. But um, so, for example, let's just start with Blake Griffin. So, if you were the Clippers, are you fielding Blake Griffin trade offers, or are you just sort of like, this is our guy? Like, what are you talking about? Why are you even calling me? I mean, as if I were a general manager, I would listen to probably anything. But no, I mean Blake Griffin. I mean, you're, you're gonna. I I hate all the 
you know, Clippers are better off without Blake Griffin comments and stuff. And I know they're like seven and three in their last 10 games and they, they played pretty well without Blake. They're up into that fourth spot, which I ultimately kind of feel like that fourth spot, maybe they're stealing because I think the Thunder Spurs and Warriors are just so good, but no, you don't trade. It's Blake Griffin. I mean, at the end of the day here, were there some things that went on? Sure. But I, I just, I don't see, you know, him pulling the trigger on such a young, well-liked, uh, you know, well, uh, well-represented in the league type of player, you know, just, over one thing. It's it's not like he has a laundry list of, of bad tendencies and, you know, history of things that just don't fly in the league attached to him. He's he's been a clean cut player, a great player and, and I just don't see it. Yeah, see I, I agree with that. I think the player that they should really feel trade offers for is DeAndre Jordan. I think DeAndre Jordan has good value in the league and maybe better than he actually is, if that if that makes sense. And I think I like DeAndre Jordan. I think he's a good player, but I don't think that he is the player that people make him out to be in terms of like I don't think DeAndre Jordan could be the third best player on your team in on a championship team, which is currently what no, he's Tyson have. Chandler. Yeah, like, exactly. And, and I mean, Ty, even prime Tyson Chandler is probably, in my opinion, better than DeAndre Jordan. I think people undersell, like, uh, Tyson Chandler. And I don't think that DeAndre Jordan really has the impact in terms of what's – I don't know what the term I'm looking for. Maybe, like, soul. Like, like Tyson Chandler was the soul of that Maverick team, and that's the best word I can come up with. Like, I don't see DeAndre Jordan being the emotional leader of a team. If, if well, that you can't when so they're putting you on the line. If yeah, they're daring exactly. a guy to shoot and he can't make his free throws, he can't be, like, the soul of a team or the team leader. I also think it comes down to toughness. Tyson Chandler had this toughness to him that I just – Jordan's a big guy and he blocked shots and he dunked on a point guard once and sent him to his grave. But I don't think he's – I don't I, – he just doesn't, to me, scream toughness, if if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and actually, let me let me make a real controversial statement. I would actually rather have Brandon Knight on my team than DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> I don't even think it's close. Like if you <laughs> offer if you offer me Brandon Knight for DeAndre Jordan straight up right now, I would take Brandon Knight, and I wouldn't even like I wouldn't even think twice about it. Even if but, the, even if when they offered they were wearing a shirt of DeAndre Jordan posterizing <laughs> Brandon Knight, you'd still be like, Nah, Brandon Knight's my guy. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Poor Brandon Knight. No matter what he's like, the guy's gonna have to like become a Hall of Famer in order to live that down. Uh, so the next player I want to talk about in this segment is Kevin Love. So obviously the Cavs are sort of in this weird spot where they're they're the number one team in the East, but do they do they still need to make a major change up on their roster? So if you were the Cavs, are you trading Kevin Love? No, I, this, I think this one is silly, too. I mean, unless something comes about, I mean, a situation where perhaps the Clippers were like, hey, we're just, we want to give you Blake Griffin and we'll just have Kevin Love back. Then then I think, you know, you obviously do it. But I don't know. It's, it's a tricky situation. You're talking about a team who's number one in the Eastern Conference. They have a three-game lead on the next best team. And you're going to trade a, a, a pretty – I mean, whether or not it shows up in the stat line every night, Kevin Love's an intricate piece of that team. Uh, you know, he's part of what they're trying to do. I I, I don't – at at this point, no, I, I don't I don't think it's the, the right move. Yeah. See, I'm very torn on the Kevin Love thing because I don't really feel like he, he fits on that team. But at the same time, you sort of – you sort of made your bed with him, and unless, like you're saying, you can get a, a, a high-caliber star back, I'm not sure you do a, a Kevin Love trade for spare parts like a, you know, let's say he goes to Boston and you're getting Jay Crowder and Adrian Bradley and none of these, 
like star caliber players, but it's really tough. I, 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 I would be hesitant to trade Kevin Love, but at the same time, at what point do you just call, do you just cut your losses and realize that Kevin Love isn't what you want on this team? So it, it, that's a tricky one. Now, the next one I want to talk about is sort of straying away from the superstar thing, because I'm very interested in this, and I've heard rumors about him being on the block, and I'm curious how you feel about this. D'Angelo Russell with the Lakers. What do you think about giving up on D'Angelo Russell already? <laughs> I, I think it's crazy. I don't know why why you draft a guy. So I some of this stuff just doesn't make sense to me, and I don't think he's done anything thus far to, you know, give the Lakers any reason to want to trade him. I think he's a, he's an interesting player. Um, you know, he seems to have the, the go-getter mentality. He's obviously got the above-average basketball skill. That's without question. I just think it's it's too soon. It's it's like I don't understand why these teams just want to, like, roll over on these players and, and give up on them that early. I mean, we're still living through the, the – the old Kobe effect with this Lakers team. It's a work in progress. It's not ready. Everybody knows that. The Lakers have publicly said, hey, our young guys aren't going to quite get a chance to develop until then. So unless you're talking about, you know, somebody who can change your team and make them a playoff team like right away, I don't see any point in changing a young asset such as, you know, it's 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 nuts. It almost makes my, like, I feel like uh, Louis C.K. right now. Like, I want to just, like, blow up here. And I, it's it's nuts, man. Like this, it's some of this stuff could be because the Lakers can't; they're not physically going to make the playoffs at this point. So why would you even? Why would you just give up a young prospect to try to, you know, even if you're bringing in, even if they were bringing in, say, like, oh, Kevin Love. Like, what's the point at this point? I mean, do you do you, do you really risk your future for something that could be, you know, sell some tickets right now and, and put you in a better position when you're 11 and 44? Yeah. So it, Exactly, I and mean, you definitely don't need to sell tickets because you got Kobe's last season, so you're going to sell out every game anyways. Now, using your logic, though, so I have another player for you. This is the other player I wanted to bring up, and it's sort of similar to your logic with D'Angelo Russell, but my answer might be slightly different because I, I agree D'Angelo Russell is just like a no. I don't understand why you would give up on him. But Jabari Parker in Milwaukee, because the theory behind Jabari needing to go possibly um, obviously, th- these are all, like, it's not like we're saying give these guys away, but we're saying if somebody calls you, like, last year if somebody called you for Jabari Parker, you're just you're just hanging up the phone, like, we just picked him with the second pick, why are you even calling me? This guy's our future. But the theory is that you can't play Jabari and Giannis at the same time. And if you feel like Giannis is your superstar and it's not Jabari and you can get, like, three assets for Jabari, would you trade Jabari Parker? Yeah, in a second. Um, and it's nothing against Jabari oh, Parker. No. Here. I I feel like I, I like Jabari Parker a lot more than I like Russell even, but I think the yeah. dynamic's a little different because you're telling me it's him or Giannis, you know, not in so many words, but I, I have to go with Ante Akumbo. I think he's shattered my expectations for him. And, and I do. I like Jabari Parker a lot. I think any team would be very, very lucky to get him. And if he's on the block, I mean, Orlando make the phone call. But no, I mean, I think if you're if you're gonna make me choose between two players, essentially, I'm I'm riding the Greek freak. No, no, yeah, uh, no homo. I agree, but I I, I would uh, 
<laughs> I was a little late with that I would, one. Man. I would be hesitant. Yeah, I would be hesitant to even trade Jabari because are we really sure that you can play Jabari Parker and Giannis at the same time? Like they're both young enough where somebody can learn another part of their game where you then could play them at the same time. Like, couldn't couldn't Jabari Parker become a three point shooter? Like he could do that. I, I mean, I'm yeah, sure I'm not that. sure. That's you're the one that said it, man. Not me. Yeah, no, I, I understand, but I'm just, I'm just conveying other people's logic behind trading, behind a Jabari Parker trade. So the last one I want to bring up is, is a very interesting one to me, and that is Pau Gasol in, in Chicago, because there's been a lot of rumors. The main rumor today of, of all the rumors that we've heard is that the Bulls are actively shopping Pau Gasol or listening to phone calls, et cetera. Basically, people are calling about Pau Gasol, and the, and the Bulls are listening. So what what would it, what would it take for you to trade Pau Gasol if, if you're the Bulls? Um, not much. I mean, it's going to take something obviously because Pau Gasol's a really good player. I just think at this point, I'm looking at the Bulls and I, I'm seeing 27 and 25. You know, they're barely clinging to this seven seed. You got some teams who are younger below you. You know, the Wizards are still hanging around there. You have the Pistons, teams like that. I, I just feel like the likelihood that they don't make the playoffs at this point is a real thing. And Pau Gasol isn't getting any younger. I mean, I, I don't – I mean, again, I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't think it would take me a ton to trade him. I mean, I'm not just going to give him away, but, I mean, you know, throw me Jabari Parker and a few pieces and maybe we'll talk. Oh, Jabari Parker for Pau Gasol deal. That's, that's tasty. That that that's a tasty little thing. I don't think I don't think Milwaukee would do that. I feel like they don't really have much incentive to do that. But it it, it is tasty nonetheless. So my last question to you before we move on to our new our new final segment is who do you think is going to be the biggest player traded tomorrow? Like do you think it's just gonna be a complete dud? Do you think like a mid tier guy like does a Mike Conley get moved, you know, that kind of tier? Is is there a superstar? What, what what's your gut feeling? We're not going to hold you to it. What's the, what's the gut feeling on, like, the biggest player that gets traded? I think the the biggest name that's going to be traded tomorrow is uh, – and, and I think it's kind of gone a little quiet on him, which is, makes me lean more towards the fact that he might get traded, is Rudy Gay. I still think there's a yep. – I think there are a lot of teams out there who would take Rudy Gay is why I, I believe he'll be the one of, you know, the, the mid to the larger name players that gets dealt because I just feel like the market for him is huge. And I think the Kings know uh, as well as I knew when they got him that it wasn't going to work. They, they know this now. It took them a little while, as did it with Toronto and Memphis. I've been telling these teams for like four or five years now, Frank, but they don't listen. I, I think it's Rudy Gay. <laughs> so I am going, I am going on, on the ledge, and I think Kevin Love gets traded tomorrow. I, I, wow. really, I really do. I think the Cavaliers have shown that they're all about now and they're not like LeBron is not afraid to, to take a risk, you know, regardless of what it means for the Cleveland franchise three years from now because I'm not sure he's going to be there three years from now. So I think they're going to try and, and make an improvement that they think can win them a championship this year. And I think Kevin Love, in one way or another, ends up getting traded tomorrow. And LeBron, let's let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. The choices are yours and yours alone. That's a nice hidden, hidden temple reference. I hope everybody got it. So we are going to move on to the last segment of our show. We usually do the fantasy stud and scrub of the week, but obviously we cannot do that since there was no really fantasy basketball played. And Andy Flynn had a new idea. We're going to try it out. We're going to try and maybe do it every week. And, you know, we love to tell you, like the great Jay-Z said, Well, we don't believe you. You need more people. 
So, Andy Flint, who who this week, probably from All Star Weekend, I'm imagining, who who needed more people? Who didn't we believe? Who needed more people? It was Aaron Gordon, man. He needed more people, and he literally needed more people because Zach Levine had the cheerleading squad of Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, and somehow they recruited DeMar DeRozan in his ugly pants and John Wall, and they were all – as soon as Levine dumped, he could be in the air still. They were on the court, and they did a good job. That's part of the weekend that's celebrating it. He had bigger celebrations from other NBA players. Aaron Gordon, man, you got to holler at Victor Oladipo. I did see Mario Hanzonia out there with his down vest that he looks sharp but you guys got to give maybe, maybe they need more people not Aaron Gordon but he needed a bigger audience during that dunk contest I was I was the best part of the dunk contest was I was thoroughly impressed that Alfred Payton just got up out of the stand literally because Aaron Gordon was trying to think of dunks off the top of his head and like just called Alfred Payton and was like can you just throw this against the backboard and they got it on the first try <laughs> I don't even know how they did that but who I believe needs more people is uh Drake. I think Drake completely needs more people. I don't know if you saw this over the weekend, but obviously Drake dominated All-Star Weekend. But the one thing that I that I don't know if you saw was there was a picture of LeBron and Kobe where, like, it would have been a perfect picture of them going face-to-face and it would have been on posters oh, yeah. for, like, decades and generations from now. And, and who do I see with his with his Kobe jacket? This guy, Drake, just ruining the – just photobombing the entire picture. Yo, Drake. Well, we don't believe you. You need more people. And with that, we are going to end the show. Drake needs more people. Aaron Gordon needs more people. But we will be back with you next week. We're going to get back into our usual segments. We're going to uh, go while you're watching TNT with the Detroit Pistons. And that is our show for this week. Join us next week as we continue our journey around the NBA. We will close, as we always do, with the great philosopher Jason White Chocolate Williams, who once probably thought basketball is a lot like last call at the bar sometimes better to pass without looking. And with that, we bid you good night.